Dialogos Radio's Commentary of the Week. Each week, Michael Navradagis provides views and opinions on issues pertaining to Greece and to the worldwide Greek community. Coming up next, here on Dialogos Radio. On January 7th, while the world's attention was focused on the tragic events unfolding in Paris, another very significant and potentially very dangerous story was unfolding in Europe without garnering much media attention at all. On that day, the European Union, after a very long period of almost total secrecy, finally publicized documents pertaining to the Transatlantic Trade and Investment Partnership, or TTIP, which is currently being negotiated between the European Union and the United States. If you have not heard anything about these negotiations, you are not alone, as they have been conducted in almost total secrecy and have received extremely minimal coverage by the Greek and international media. And of course, these documents were first made public on the 7th of January under the very large shadow that was cast by the events unfolding in France. Was this simply a coincidence? That's for you to decide, but it is important to remember the words of Henry Kissinger, who once uttered, never let a serious crisis go to waste. What does this treaty, which is still being negotiated, consist of? It is essentially an agreement for the creation of a free trade zone between the European Union and the United States. The negotiations have taken place under almost total secrecy, and the goal is to abolish sovereign control over the activities of multinational companies which are active on both sides of the Atlantic or who wish to expand their operations to Europe or to the United States. Some of you might be thinking, this is a good thing, isn't it? It will create investments, it will create jobs, it will bring economic growth and development to both Europe and the United States. Isn't this the case? Actually, no, it isn't. And that is why the negotiations have remained secret up until recently. Why is this the case, though, in the oh-so-democratic European Union, which is always operating with total and absolute transparency? The proposed agreement, among other things, essentially proposes the end of the European social state and the privatization of the marketplace in such sectors as healthcare, allowing companies needs to come in from the United States to get involved in the European healthcare marketplace and in other basic services as well. It also proposes the abolition of a significant portion of European law and regulations in the banking sector, essentially the full deregulation of the banking sector, giving almost absolute freedom to the banks to operate as they wish. In addition, the proposed agreement aims to bring back many of the key points of ACTA, the proposed agreement which was rejected after much public pressure and outcry in 2000. 2012, and which aimed to abolish many laws protecting citizens' privacy rights, as well as their rights to access information online, and as well as information pertaining to corporate governance and to other important corporate activities, such as pharmaceutical trials. The proposed agreement will also likely lead to many jobs being lost from Europe and flowing to the United States, where labor law is much more flexible and far less strict than it is in Europe. As a result, this will create pressures for further austerity in Europe, further cuts to wages, further reductions in pensions, and a further watering down of labor rights. As an example, the NAFTA agreement between the United States, Canada, and Mexico led to the loss of 12 million jobs in the United States, despite promises to the contrary, as these jobs were transferred to Mexico, where of course wages are much lower. The Transatlantic Trade and Investment Partnership also foresees the abolition of basic democratic foundations. One way 
in which this would happen is through the creation of a special unelected arbitration board which will hear cases between multinational companies and sovereign governments. These companies will have the right under this agreement to sue national governments in event that they vote for or enforce laws which will in essence lead to a reduction of their corporate profits. In other words, a non-elected, non-democratic arbitration board separate from any national justice system will bypass national governments and courts and will have the sole right to decide whether so-called corporate rights have been violated. One final important aspect of this proposed agreement has to do with the abolition of European laws pertaining to food safety and to the use of genetically modified products in food, as European law would be tailored to be similar to the laws in place in the United States, where 70% of food products contain GMO ingredients. We've already seen Europe take a first and significant step in this direction, as recently the European Parliament passed a measure which would allow European Union member states to decide on their own whether to permit GMO products and crops or not. This measure, by the way, had the full support of the current Greek government. All of this, of course, is not being reported in most of the Greek and international press, but these developments do lead me to pose the following questions as well. As the party that is favored to win the upcoming elections in Greece, what are Syriza's positions regarding the transatlantic trade and investment partnership? And what are Syriza's positions on GMO crops and food production? Does it believe that they should be allowed to be produced and sold on the market? We often hear that Greece must remain in Europe, that Greece must follow the so-called European dream. But what is this European dream that the government, that the media, and that Syriza, which is trying to prove that it is more pro-European than those who are pro-European, keep touting? Is it the European dream which has led to the Dublin II agreement, which has tied the hands of Greece and of millions of immigrants who have ended up in a country after fleeing war and poverty in the Middle East and Africa, leaving them in a legal limbo where they can't work, can't live, and can't leave? Is it the European dream which led to the closure of Greece's Olympic Airways and the creation of a private aviation monopoly in Greece, where it now costs over 200 euros to fly round trip to small Greek islands? Is it the European dream which led now to the shutdown of Cyprus Airways because it was receiving state support, while at the same time the Turkey, which is not in the EU and not in the Euro, is able to provide support to Turkish Airlines, which has taken a leading position in the global aviation market? Is this the European dream that we are speaking of? In closing, I wanted to also make reference to a recent survey released by Gallup International, a pan-European survey which is conducted at the end of each year, but which was not reported by any of the Greek media outlets. What does this survey, which was conducted at the end of 2014, reveal? The results are fascinating. 52% of respondents in Greece stated that they felt less European in 2014 compared to the previous year, while almost 50% of Greek respondents stated that they wished for Greece to leave the European Union or were undecided on the issue. And we continue, only 29% of respondents in Greece felt that 2015 would be a better year than 2014, 87% felt that economic difficulties would continue in 2015, 62% of Greeks did not believe that elections in Greece are free and fair, 73% does not believe that Greece is ruled based on popular and democratic will, 58% does not trust Greece's judges, 91% does not trust Greece's journalists, 
95% does not trust Greece's politicians, 74% does not trust Greece's business people, 51% does not trust the police, 88% does not trust Greece's bankers, and most significantly of all, 52% of respondents in Greece desires a return to a national currency. What does the Greek government and what does Syriza have to say about these results? 